Welcome to another life-impacting message from City Light Church, North Adelaide. You can find more great things like this at citylight.church slash North Adelaide. All right, for our um, first reading today, I'll be reading Psalms 23 verses 1 to 6. We have a page number up there as well. Very good. I'll give you a moment to bring that up on your paper or electronic. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The next reading is John 10, verses 11 to 16. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and they there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Good morning, everyone. Uh, It's a pleasure to be here again, um, speaking here at City Light. Um, If you don't know me or if you're new or visiting here, my name's Michael. Uh, I'm not the pastor. Uh, I'm not even an elder, but just a um, yeah fellow lover of Jesus and uh, lover of what he's done for me. So Psalm uh, 23, if you've got your Bibles open, uh, that's where we're going to spend today. Um, it's a beautiful psalm, um, and one of the reasons I like it is it's so versatile um, as a psalm. Uh, it was called the Martyr's Hymn by Augustine because uh, so many Christians um, that were um, being led to their deaths would recite it. Um, And yeah, um, it is a psalm that a child can understand but also a psalm that a theologian um, could get lost in. It's just something else that's so beautiful about it. It's also one of my favorite songs. Um, But when I was in Sunday school as a kid, uh, there was a another kid who was always so annoyed that we had to learn about God, uh, and he, his, his reasoning was, oh, we already know about God, uh, so why can't we play Chasey? Um, and I find myself um, going through the motions sometimes as a Christian, um, and I forget the magnitude and severity of, of, what, of, of God's grace and his goodness towards me. See, this psalm is a great psalm to just dwell in and meditate over. Um, If you find yourself stuck in a rut, not knowing where to open the Bible to, I highly suggest Psalm 23 um, to open up and just, yeah, bathe in it. Um, It's also a slightly misunderstood psalm, I think. Um, It's recited a lot um, during funerals um, or, you know, around death just because of every time 
uh, of verse 4 saying, you know, the valley of death and whatnot. But I think um, verse 6, as we'll go on to, to look at, um, said, says it's meant to be taken in the context of living our lives in the presence of a merciful Saviour. It displays God's character in two different ways. Um, so verses 1 to 4 um, are along the lines of God as, or Jesus as our shepherd, uh, and then verses 5 and 6 um, display him as host. Um, my apologies, this sermon's not actually going to be too long. Uh, I know every single one of you are a big fan of uh, long sermons. Um, but what we will do is we'll go through each verse, uh, and I'm excited to just see um, how we can learn about God's character um, and goodness. So I just urge you to yeah, be open to hearing about uh, God's character in a way that, um, that you haven't before. Before that, let's, uh, let's pray. Father, thanks for your goodness and thanks for your word. Um, uh, thanks that you call us to be in relationship with you. Um, and I pray that as we um, you know, read your word this morning that you will uh, make yourself known and that you'll challenge us uh, in ways that we may or may not have been challenged uh, by recently. Give this up to you, Lord. Um, yeah, and I ask your blessing on it. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I wonder if, uh, I wonder how many of us can say that we have everything we want. See, one of the marks of Western culture is a distinct lack of satisfaction with what we have. And I think this dissatisfaction affects every area of our lives. Area, goodness me, the old Kiwi and me coming out. It also affects uh, every one of us, I think, if we're honest with ourselves. We are constantly on the lookout for what comes next in our lives, whether it's an object uh, or a position that we hope to see ourselves in or a relationship. Maybe you could argue that there are some of us that are content with what we have, but uh, my next question to that would be, would we still be content if we were asked to give it up um, for the sake of the gospel? Would we be content if all we had was Christ and his grace? I've been repeatedly challenged and convicted by this question, and if I can be honest, I still don't know what my answer is. But according to the first verse of the psalm, we shouldn't, oh, he should be all that we want and all that we need. Which leads me to my next question is, how many of us have everything we need? Um, this is a bit more easily answered, I think. Again, in Western culture, bar a few, we mostly have what we need to survive, and we have it in abundance. I'm sure there are certain things that we can convince ourselves that we need, but we are far from being in need or needy. I wonder if this affects our view of Christ at all. How often do we subconsciously tell ourselves that what we're doing is just fine on our own, and forget the magnitude of the price that Christ paid on the cross, not to mention how we don't come to him in full surrender for our daily needs. The problem of many is that they do not need all that they want, uh, and more importantly, they don't want all that they need. See, the greatest need for any of us is Jesus Christ. 
Some of us have heard this a hundred times, but it doesn't quite translate into our lives. When we have him and accept his gracious gift, we have what we need. It sounds very cliche, but there's nothing truer than the fact that Jesus Christ fulfills our every need. And I think the uh, 23rd Psalm illustrates this well. So the Lord is my shepherd, uh, as we've read in John 10:11, tells us that this is Jesus when he says, I am the good shepherd. See, all the difference in the world in Psalm 23 verse 1 is made by uh, the word my. See, being able to say that he is a good shepherd or even a great shepherd is one thing, but being able to say that he is my shepherd uh, brings the kind of closeness and affection that God desires from all of us. Friends, I urge you today to come to Christ as your shepherd and trust that he will provide all of your needs that we may not want. The 23rd Psalm also reminds us that God provides rest. If you follow me to verse 2, he makes me lie down in green pastures. See, in the ancient Near East, uh, they were very agricultural and the profession of shepherd was very well known and understood. See, the climate and environmental um, positioning were sometimes very harsh um, and it was up to the shepherd to find out uh, or find a nice place um, for the sheep to graze. Not only that, but as the sheep were mostly in the wilderness, uh, it was the shepherd's job to make sure that no harm um, came to the sheep or his flock. So and David would also have been very familiar with the importance of a shepherd having um, spent many of his early years as one. So it speaks even more volumes to his comparing the Lord as his shepherd. See, verse 2 speaks of the rest, the beautiful rest that the Lord gives. See, a sheep will not lie down until it is content, and a shepherd knows this. So many of us are tired today. It seems as if the burden of life is more than we can bear. The beauty of the gospel, though, is that we can come to Jesus for this much-needed rest. It's not a matter of coming to church or fulfilling some duty or responsibility but it's a matter of coming to Jesus as we are and meeting him face to face. We commit our burdens to him as our shepherd, all of our sin, our sorrow, and our stress. So many times we lay our burdens to him, though, only to pick them up just as quickly. See, suppose you had $10,000 in your pocket, um, I don't know if anyone has seen How I Met Your Mother, but uh, when Marshall uh, wins a whole bunch of money uh, and starts freaking out that people are going to steal it. Um, so you'd worry about losing it or someone, someone grabbing it off you, um, but you take it to the bank, uh, you fill out a deposit slip and, and you give it to the banker. You would not then sit on the steps of the bank with a gun guarding your money. It's still your money, but you have committed it to the care of another. So when we commit our worries to Christ... That should be that. I know I personally need to work on this. Uh, even last night as I was going to bed, I uh, was wondering, oh, this sermon, is it good enough? Uh, is it going to, to reach people as God would want it to? Um, but I was worried, gave it to him, and spent the next hour worrying about it still. <laughs> if you follow me um, to that second half, of verse 3. 
or even second half of verse 2, sorry. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. So this speaks of refreshment and restoration. Life takes it out of us, and it can be so incredibly draining. Sin even can drain us. As it says in Proverbs 13, 15, the way of the transgressor is hard. We are saved by the mighty grace of God, but while we walk on this earth, we are still caught up in fleshly sin. Sorrow can also drain us. Psalm 42 describes this in verse 11. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Stress of daily living can certainly be tiring and and wearing. See, Jesus satisfies endlessly. All we need to do is come to him. He's the still waters. He is beside us in difficulty. Uh, When I was a teenager, I um, would attend Easter camp every Easter and um, the beauty about Easter camp is you don't have your parents with you. And um, there was always two coolers set up, uh, one filled with beautiful icy cold water and the other uh, with different um, cordials, um, mainly orange, but sometimes they'd whack a bit of lime in there for you. Um, But I can say without a doubt that whenever I was heading out to get a drink, no way was I going to fill that cup with water. Um, And I learnt the hard way. Well, I wouldn't say I learnt because it happened every year. Uh, But towards the end of the the four or five day camp, uh, I hadn't had any water uh, and I was thirsty. See, how often do we try and quench the thirsts of life with worldly pleasures and distractions? See, Jesus is the water of life. He is the true thirst quencher, as it says uh, in John 4, 13 and 15. If we truly come to Jesus as our living water, we should feel that all other false quenches are useless in quenching our thirst. And once we have tasted of his goodness and truth, there should be no turning back. See, the only problem is that once our thirst is taken away by the water, all too soon we find ourselves sipping on those worldly soft drinks, our love of money, security, belongings, etc., because we are no longer drinking out of thirst and desperation, but out of pleasure and enjoyment. Follow me to to verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The theme of reassurance is evident here. What's interesting about Psalm 23 is that it is part of a trilogy of psalms. You can't have valleys without the mountains. So Psalms 22 and 24 speak of mountains. If you flick with me to Psalm 22, I've sort of renamed it the Saviour's Cross. It describes the crucifixion of Jesus, and this uh, is also the psalm um, that is quoted by Jesus on the cross in Matthew 27. See, it sounds like it was written by a man standing at the foot of the cross, but it was written years before this method of execution was even used. If we look to Psalm uh, 22, verse 14, um, and 16, or 14 through 16. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax, it is melted within my breast. 
My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay with me in the dust of death, for dogs encompass me. A company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. So here we have the mountain that was Golgotha, a dark place full of anguish and pain and everything associated with our sin and rebellion against God. And then if you jump forward to Psalm 24, I've renamed it the Sovereign's Crown. Towards the end of the psalm is a call and response at the gates of Jerusalem, asking for the King of Glory to be entered into his kingdom and to assume his rightful place on the throne. So what a beautiful picture and a wonderful declaration. So in Psalm 22, you have Calvary, and in Psalm 24, you have Zion. From cross to crown, Golgotha to glory. And Psalm 23 is smack bang uh, in the middle as the valley between these two very different mountains. Brothers and sisters, no matter how dark the night, no matter how deep the crisis you're going through, behind you is always Calvary, and before you is always glory. There will be the valleys but there will also be the mountains. There's nothing in life um, that is not faced with us through the Lord Jesus Christ. Live properly, the Christian life is one of discomfort, pain, um, persecution and sorrow. Nothing though can separate us from the love that the Father has for us or the gift of eternal life that has been graciously given to us by what Jesus did for us on the cross. Jesus tells the disciples in John 14.3 that he's going to prepare a room for us in his father's house. This is exceptionally similar to our next verse and moves us on from uh, the view of Jesus as our shepherd to Jesus um, as our host. If you follow me to verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Here we see how God not only desires for us to be safe and looked after, but he also wants to bless us. A banquet table with all kinds of good things. The first thing I've sort of picked out is peace before my enemies. I don't know about you, but I find it really hard to relate to David whenever he's talking about um, these enemies. Uh, I don't know how many of us can say that we are attacked on all sides um, constantly. But we are, though, whether we like it or not, part of a spiritual war uh, that has been waging since the fall. Although Jesus has conquered death, evidence of Satan's grip on the world is all around us. The cool thing is about this passage, though, that um, Jesus has prepared a table for us in the presence of this enemy. The enemy is powerless to prevent uh, enjoyment of God's generous hospitality. I love how it was put in my study Bible, um, how... Uh, they said the enemies of David, or the enemies that David was speaking of here, were um, perhaps even there as captives at a victory feast. What, a, what an amazing picture that paints. But that's the peace that Jesus gives. It's important to realize, though, um, that this overwhelming peace doesn't bring with it an absence of problems. Jesus himself said that, um, that a life of following him is no easy life. And that we can see from examples of early Christians that this was true. I couldn't count the amount of times that Paul was nearly stoned or flogged to death. Not to mention uh, other martyrs from the early church right up to the modern day. 
Some live by the statement, when I get this cleared up or, or when I uh, complete this or when this is behind me, then I'll be happy. The reality is, as Christians in a broken world, uh, we will never truly be satisfied on this side of heaven. Jesus doesn't provide rest from conflict and hurting, uh, but rest in conflict and hurting. Here I think of the countless stories I've read recently of um, Christians being imprisoned in Iran, reading, for, uh, reading of their situations and trials, but also of how they're excited to still suffer uh, for the sake of the gospel and the extent of their evangelism within the prisons is something um, that I have been really encouraged by. See, these are people living with God as their provider and living with the end goal in mind. They know that in order to get to the victory feast, they need to first wage the war, um, but also they know that Christ will be with them throughout. If our rest is truly in him as our shepherd and provider, we shall not want. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. I wonder if here he's talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. We've received it and in abundance. But are we satisfied with just being saved or are we willing to be empowered by the Spirit to witness to the world? Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So we've seen throughout the Old Testament that God is good to those who are faithful to him. But we also see in Romans that none of us are deserving of this goodness of our own accord. All of us have sinned and we all fall short of the glory of God. We also see though that because of the price that Jesus paid on the cross, we have been showered in God's grace and mercy. Romans 8, 38 and 39 tell us how nothing can separate us from this perfect love. And there is no escaping it. So it truly does follow us all the days of our lives. And not just our early lives, but our earthly lives, but through eternity as well. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Friends, this is where I find that peace. It can be so hard to find peace from a worldly perspective when things aren't going right. Or even in the uh, peace in the midst of the storm that we're talking about. Um, if we don't have the peace that comes from knowing where our eternal days will be spent. When things are put into perspective, it is amazing how quickly trivial circumstances reduce to in insignificance. My prayer is that you face, or as you face the challenges of being a Christian in this life, you'll be comforted and even spurred on by the knowledge that you'll spend an eternity with the Father. What I love about this final verse is that the word house uh, is also roughly translated into presence. How glorious to spend time with God in his presence for eternity. So in going through this psalm together, I wonder this morning if you've been reminded of the great love that God has for you. I hope, you be, I hope you've been encouraged to come to the Father as all that you need and know that your sense of peace and rest can ultimately be found in him. In a world so rife with distractions, I hope that this psalm has re-sparked the urge to be a constant, in a constant state of thankfulness and gratitude for what Jesus did for you on the cross. Because of that great love and sacrifice, I hope that the calling of the Great Commission 
is leading you to share this amazing gift with those around you and with a sense of urgency. Let's pray. Lord, thanks for um, revealing yourself to us. Um, I pray for each of us that um, as we um, head out into our lives with the knowledge that you are um, for us uh, and that you um, give us rest, I pray that um, because of this we will not be afraid of sharing your gospel uh, and your good message uh, with those around us. I pray um, that you will show us how to be living uh, righteous lives for you um, in your eyes and in the eyes of those around us. So pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from City Light Church, North Adelaide. We hope you found it helpful and we'd love for you to share this message with others. For more great content, more information about City Light Church or to donate to the work of City Light Church North Adelaide, visit us at citylight.church slash North Adelaide.